Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. If you've been listening to us recently, you've heard several sessions with our guest today, T.S. Wright. And we've done a deep dive on Revelation, the seven church ages. And folks, there's no doubt the t- time we're living in right now. And if you missed any of our prior episodes with Scott Wright, you need to go back to the archives and look them up. Amen. And Scott's back with us again today. He's been teaching us about the different church ages and the significant things that the Bible and history itself has to say about them. And he's helping us to understand each of the different ages of the church, why they're so significant. And now we're looking at the modern-day church age with all the problems going on in society today and what the churches are doing about it, or should we say not doing about it. But he's also Scott's also a podcaster. He has a truly great podcast called The God-Centered Concept as well. You need to listen and subscribe to that. And he's also published a journal called God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways. Help me welcome back to the program, Scott Rice. Scott, thanks for coming back on the program today. I do appreciate your time, buddy. Hey, look forward to our discussion today. It's uh, obviously, as always, it's um, it's a good time and just great conversation that we get yeah. to have here. Amen. You know, and we focus a little bit, and I want to go into that a little bit more about what the churches are doing or not doing and preparing for the culmination of our Christian existence, I guess you could say, and that's the end of the age. But I have a few questions for you based on everything that we've been discussing so far over the last several sessions. And the first really has to deal with where do we go from here? I mean, we've shared a, a lot of great information and, and you know, most people want to know, well, what do I do now? So let's go down that road a little bit. Share that with us. Well, I think, first of all, the, the number one focus, and it has always been the focus, is that, you know, asking the question, just in a general sense in our lives, how how are we glorifying God? You know, I've uh, I've had a couple of discussions with people the last couple of days, just you know, out and about, uh, people that I've um, sat down and just talked with. You know, everything is everything is in the Bible as far as our human behavior, and, and I guess in a way, and our endeavors and what we do with our mind, our body, and our mouth is is really supposed to be geared at. And always should be asking, we should always be asking the question and giving it to God as well as self-reflecting to ourselves is what are we doing to glorify God? And is what we're doing glorifying God? I mean, that is our purpose. So if you, if you want to dive into Psalm 112, Psalm 115, the culmination of those passages is all about glorifying God. And I mean, the nation of Israel in the first five books of the Bible, some know that as the Torah, some knows that as the Pentateuch, and excuse me on some of my pronunciations there, but those first five books, ultimately everything that God revealed through that process of revealing that all to Moses 
whether it's the it was historical stuff, whether it was stuff to come, things they were supposed to do then, the things they developed, such as the temple and the feasts and all those things, they were all centered around the idea that they everything was to be set up to glorify God. Man. And and so where do we go from here? Is number one, I think the church, in a general sense, both us all of us individually as as Christ followers, but also as as a church in a as a common body is what we're doing about glorifying God. If you cannot answer that question, then you need to you need to take a you need to pause everything. That needs to be a total freeze. And there needs to be a deep dive into God's word, into prayer, and to recognize and to really doing a self-reflection, whether it's as a group or individually. And looking at the whole picture of your life and understanding why do, what is it that I'm doing that is not glorifying God? Or what is it that I'm doing that is? And being able to analyze that. So I think I think that has to be the first part of this. And that's where we go from here. The book of Revelation should be as much as anything as a wake-up call and create a sense of urgency that, and you've talked about this, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. But I can tell you there is an end game here. This is a, the book of Revelation is telling you there is an end game. Whether you want to agree that there's going to be a rapture, not rapture, the seven-year trib happened back in the 60s and 70 ADs, and some people believe that. Whether you believe it's going to happen now, the seven-year trib is coming here in the next few years, whatever you want to believe. Regardless of where you think we are in the book, we are still in our time period right now is in that book. It's built in there somewhere and there is an end game. There is going to be an end, whether it's your individual, you you dying or there's some culmination of event that makes everything completely stop. Exactly. And so I think that is, that needs to be the most resounding message that the book of revelation gives us. And that, God is in total control. He is the final authority in all of this, and that he has turned that authority over to Jesus to judge individuals and the nations. Amen. And if you're judging individuals, well, it has to deal with your individual salvation and what you're doing for the Lord. Yes. Remember, you're not saved by your works, folks. You're saved by your faith. So Amen. Don't, don't focus on that part. But... On this earth, people come together as groups in the churches. The churches are designed to do the works, the individuals by faith. And, you know, I guess next question would be, how do we spark the great end-time harvest that's been prophesied and talked about in the Bible and by several, you know, preachers along the way that, you know, because most churches today— seem to be more concerned with their own church event schedules and doing all they can to make their own existence profitable than actually reaching the lost in their community. Now, if you ask them, oh, they got all these programs to reach the lost in the community, but yet the only people that attend church are the same ones that have been there over and 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 over. You know, I know some churches that, you know, the only new people that come to church are, is when somebody has a baby. You know, <laughs> that's that's about it. 
But, you know, what, how do we spark the great harvest in looking at society as we're looking at it right now, where it's all the me generation? I guess that's the question. Well, I think, first of all, I think, and that's a great question. I think the number one thing is that we've got to start realizing that life, our our life and our function of our faith should not just be geared to Sunday mornings. I think the problem is, is we've gotten really comfortable with Sunday mornings. Yeah. I think we got to get out of that comfort zone. I think that's the first thing we've got to do. And it's like we have the Sunday morning God box. And then we got all these other boxes that are just about how we dictate our own life. And so we have our one little God box here and we might have our 10 minute devotional box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we have our little prayer box that we might say a prayer to, or, you know, when we're, we're in need, we'll call out to God. And that just kind of floats in there. It's kind of fluid as to when we need it. And that's it. Um, We've kind of, we become a very transactional society and we've lost the idealism of relational. Yeah, we really have. And, and that, that is a big deal because what's happening is, is there's other, there's other places that have been happy to rise up to, to fill that void. And what that does is that leads, that makes human endeavors, the idealism that people are buying into because that's where they feel connected. Yeah. People do not feel connected in the church anymore. What happened was at some point here, used two churches had their doors open. You could go in and talk to a pastor or priest anytime, yep. almost day or night. Yep. Those days ended somewhere around the 90s and the turn of the millennia somewhere. Because I remember in the 90s, in the 80s, if I wanted to go see a pastor or priest, I could just pop in and say hi. You know, and people talk to each other that way and they were, they were communicating, but now that idea of community is gone. And the problem is a lot of it's now just being done on social media. Well, the issue is, is that people aren't getting to know each other. They're just living off of their idealism of their statements. And then as soon as you put something out there, then you have a label on you. And then there's no talking through that anymore. Right. Everybody's judging you according to your Twitter handle, you know, or your Twitter post. And it's just a free for all through social media. So that's where yeah, a lot of communities exactly. happening. Yeah, but the problem is, is there's no relate. There's not even any relational aspect there. You know, it's, it's hard. This is what I'll tell people. It's hard to have good PR if you don't have good relational, mm-hmm. because the relational aspect is about getting to know. There is no way through one or two Twitter posts or what somebody posts online that you can really get to know somebody. That's right. Amen. Amen. You can't. You can't. You know, we, we, dis- the we whole discussed last of- time. Let me just be in there because we discussed last time, I think it was, how the Jewish society focused on their relationship in God and serving God yep. in their community. And today, as you just said, we exactly. focus on our social media community, how we can serve them. Rather than exactly a relationship with God, how how can we get through that or change that? Well, I think I think the first thing that we're going to have to do is that just in a general sense, we've got to get our doors open to people again. Um, not just through programs, but doors where they can just walk in 
and we can talk to people, you know, but people don't feel safe and they, and there's a lot of, you know, people feel like they're going to be offended. So they run from that and hostility and things of that nature has made it a lot more difficult for churches just to keep their doors open all the time. And so kind of just the natural environment, but at some point we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to reopen those doors and just let people come in and, and visit with us. I mean, go back and watch movies and watch documents and think documentaries and things about what the church was like just 40 years ago. Those doors were always open. You could always go into a, a Catholic church and talk to a priest. You could go in and talk to pastors at different Protestant churches. They were always there. You know, they weren't out having a hundred meetings with that were just administrative with administrators. They were more about having their doors open. And, you know, there might be two or three pastors of the church, but there was always somebody there for people to just to come in and talk to. And so not that the pastor should be the final authority, but certainly those buildings need to be open for community. I think that is a big start. Churches are closed off just from that aspect, just from the physical closing of it all the time. You know, their pastors are just running normal schedules and it's, it's much more difficult. And so that part of it has changed. I think just the advent of technology, it's all about now posting a video and then just letting people watch it. And as much as you can get a lot of information across, where's that relational aspect? And then the other part is, is that churches have changed to this idea of life groups and community groups, which is, which is fine because you want your community to connecting, but number one, what is the aim of those groups? And number two, you know, People are wanting to over churches are wanting to oversee the content of that. You're right. But it's really not, you know, yeah. the people running the community groups aren't really always as well trained. Yep. I've I've and seen also some of them not, in, in some of the churches I associate, they they tried doing these, you know, life groups or whatever you want to call them. And uh, you know, they'd have like five couples or something like that in these groups and one would host it each week. So it rotate, but let's just keep it simple Four. so at one, one would host it every Wednesday or whatever the case may be. Right. And then it seemed the focus was always on, you know, the pizza or whatever they're going to have to eat. And, you know, there, as you said, the church would say, okay, you're going to talk about this this week. So they would have a little video. Usually the video would be by, of the pastor or something like that, that, that he'd give a little 15-minute spiel, and then that would be distributed you know, on YouTube or whatever. So they would watch it together, and then they would discuss it, or they'd have a couple scriptures to go over and discuss. And all that's fine and dandy, but that was it. You know, And it was designed to get them out into the community, but instead... They're instead of hunkering in the four walls of the church, they're hunkering down in the living room of, you know, somebody, a church member doing their, you know, obligatory, you know, 60 minutes a Preaching week. Preaching to the choir. Yep. Type thing. And then, okay, well, see y'all in church Sunday. <laughs> that was it. I mean, I found it 
personally, I found it to be a waste of my time. Right. You know? And, and, and it just, and, and that's, that is just my wife and I, we're like, this is not something that I want to continue to happen. You know, it, it is, uh, I mean, I, I get more out of my own one hour personal study time than I did out of that one hour in the faith group or life group or whatever you want to call it. Because right. technically you're only going to actually talk probably 15 minutes. Should I a short prayer? All right. Now got to go. You know, the, the other half an hour was just, uh, you know, eating and talking about, you know, baseball scores or whatever the case may be, you know, social. And it's good for that for a social, you know, keep you socialized with, with other couples. And you got someone to pray with you, you know, to pick up the phone. You're supposed to be, you know, prayer partners and all this stuff. And I think that might be the way that the, the churches were focusing on it. But again, it fails. And it seems like whatever the church is doing today is failing big time because we didn't have these, even in the wild West, right. When, you know, the drunken brawls and, you know, the, all this stuff was going on, they respected that church. They respected that church. And even the, the town drunk, would show up Sunday morning in church. <laughs> you know, it was just something that, you know, we are here to worship God on Sunday, you know, type thing. But today, you know, we talked, you just you just mentioned about the churches being open. They they have to close because if they leave their doors open, when they come in the next morning, it's gonna be stripped bare. Yep. You know, the sound equipment, the all that stuff, you know, it, it's you know, again, we, we come back to our society today, but are we programmed to support the institutionalized church, or should we be outreaching, like building a network and expanding the church's outreach? And it seems like the churches are more focused on, you know, protecting us than what we're doing. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's accurate. No matter of fact, talking about sparking the great harvest, I think we need to, we don't need more rules. It's just like in government. We don't need more rules. We don't need more church doctrine. What we need is we need, we need more networking and, you know, just like my question is always what is being taught? And really the focus should always be teaching. We need to be teaching people how to share their faith, how to give a testimony, and then how to actually disciple other people. And ultimately what discipling is, is teaching them how to be discipled by the Holy Spirit through the word of God, and then taking that and going and sharing it. So it's, it's really those focuses. It's, we need to be teaching evangelism how to share our faith, how to give a testimony, and then how to disciple other people to help them connect deeper with God so that they can go and reach out, build their own network and be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's really what, that's what life groups should be. Would have done. Yeah. And that's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be these internal things. I don't have a problem with a life 
for it being, you know, something that's a fun activity, but to help connect some people, but that should not be the primary focus. And what's happened is, is that we have taken, and it's part of what my podcast is geared towards. We, we mistaken, there's a few concepts that we've mistaken in our society inside the church, even that we just, we, we've completely walked away from the understanding of what God is calling us to do. Number one, it's, we are mistaken fellowship, discipleship. That's really fellowship. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Amen. That's what we've done. And, and this has led to some things. Number two, the, the advent of all the technology and how easy things are, we have, we have lost the idea of what real love is. And we now think comfort equals love. And I've heard a lot of pastors say that kind of thing. Yeah. We think, we think love, what we think of as love is just really comfort. God equates love with faith. Yeah. He does not relate it with comfort. Comfort, as a matter of fact, I think a lot of times God isn't as very much concerned about your comfort as He is your faith. Yeah, He is much more concerned with your faith and character than He is your comfort level. On, on that point, I have heard a lot of people, and I just brought this to my rumor, say, "You know, I'm comfortable with my faith." <laughs> think about that. People say, "I'm comfortable." With my faith, yeah, and that's an interesting way to think about it. But yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you're not supposed. I will to tell be. you, you're not supposed to be. I'm not I'm comfortable just, with my faith. But I, and you're I, not I, supposed. You to. said that. That just brought. I, I've talked to several people over the course of the last year or two, and that was a statement. That I'm comfortable with my faith, and boy, that just hits home what you yeah. were talking about. You know. There's a book called The Sayings of the Desert Fathers, and these were guys that were fasting and praying and in the Word all the time. And they were—you can tell by what they talk about—they were never, ever comfortable with their faith. Yeah, they were wrestling all the time, and we are called to do that. Matter of fact, if you're in ministry and you are, even if you're a missionary, there needs to be times of withdrawal from that. And you need to be wrestling with your faith. Yeah. You need to wrestle with the word of God. You need to get entangled and you need to wrestle with God himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I train people, when I mentor them, I sort of walk them through a basic process. But part of that is to get them to wrestle with their faith. You need to wrestle with your sin. You do. And you need to do that in the power of the Holy spirit, because doing that will help you correct it. It really will. It, that's how you truly correct it. You know, it's one thing to rebuke, to be rebuked and you to acknowledge or confess your, your sin, but it's another thing to wrestle with it. Yeah. So you can completely walk away from it. Yeah. And that's the actual, how you correct it. And, and I think part of the, the process of this is that within church, we tried to make it really comfortable yep. and faith is not comfortable. Yeah. True Amen. love is not comfortable. Amen. It is faith. It is not, it is not comfort. And so that's, I think it's, I think it's dangerous to think that way yeah. in our faith in that walking with Christ is not a comfortable walk. I'll tell people the cross is not comfortable. Hmm. 
You name me one thing that is comfortable about the cross. Right. Amen. Amen. I mean, go in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane can teach you everything you need to know about the cross. It truly can. I mean, he was sweating blood literally because he was in so much anguish knowing what was getting ready to come at the cross mm. and what, and what the price that had to be paid for salvation. He knows it better than we do, but we are called to surrender our lives completely to, to Christ. And so Amen. when we, when we think about making going back to this whole great harvest thing, and, and I, and I said, there's three concepts. There's the whole comfort love thing that we've mistaken. We've mistaken. We've, we call it discipleship, but it's really fellowship. What's happening most of the time. And then there's this last aspect that is, I think, so important is that we we think that growth, we, we think if, if things are going bad, it's basically when we are struggle, basically our struggle, we think something's wrong with struggle. And we think when everything's going good, that that's the way it's supposed to be. We get into that mindset and it goes back to this comfort thing again, but I, but I have to put it this way because it's another piece of it. But the truth is, is that struggle leads us to connecting deeper with God and it can, and it helps us to grow in the spirit. I will tell you struggle makes me let go. And yeah, nobody comfort wants to does not they want to be comfort. Yeah, exactly. When I, I hold on to things when I'm trying to be comfortable. And that means I try to possess them. I try to possess something that I'm not supposed to possess. And it's idolatry. I mean, that is, that is the definition of idolatry. To covet, I'm going to say this, to covet comfort will lead you into idolatry. Amen. Yeah. It will. And so I think churches need to think through this process. And the thing that I wish would happen and and this has always been an issue with the church all seven ages of the church but jesus really taught us one thing jesus did not do is he did not talk very much about specific sins he really didn't what he talked about was the core issue that leads to sin amen he dove deep if you really look at him, he what he taught, he was doing deep dives of what led to sin. Yeah. Amen. If you really dissect it. Amen. And and what was the root cause of our issue? And it wasn't a specific sin. He knew that the issue was much deeper than that. He proved that to the disciples when they were they couldn't heal the the the, the, the boy that was possessed by a demon. He went and fasted and prayed. And then came back and it just, and it went away quickly. And it was because he understood what the root issue was. The root issue is that we have the wrong attachment. The wrong attachment leads to sin. And the attachment is, is that we think when we think or put something in place on the throne of our lives, that is, that is not God. And it can even be a good thing, then we run into problems. Yep. God has to be in control. 
he has to be on the throne. I made this statement to somebody the other night or the other day, and we were we were discussing. I said the true understanding of our faith is that the that we don't we got we don't know God well enough. The more we get to know God, the more we learn to trust Him, the more that it teaches us to abide in Him. Yeah. The truth is, is we think we're knowledgeable and we're not. It's getting to know God. Mm-hmm. Our future episodes that you and I are going to talk about, and and we were, you were you and I were talking about before the show what the future episodes would look like. We're going to actually do a deep dive into the declarations of Jesus and getting to know God at a deeper level according much of it according to the book of revelation we'll we'll use other stuff Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. but chapters one through five give us a lot of declarations of jesus we have the declaration of independence for our country well our christian faith needs the declarations of jesus according to the book of revelation yeah amen first five chapters list all that stuff i am the amen the faithful and true witness the originator of god's creation the one who holds a sharp double-edged sword the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I mean, I can go on and on. Do you? And my question to people would be, do you understand what that means when that's being said and the relevance back to all the other parts of the word of God? What makes that relevant? Mm. You know, one of the episodes that in the future I'd like to do is to talk about some of these declarations of Jesus understand teach people what the understanding of the seven spirits of god and how jesus relates us to each part what those seven spirits really are and how that relates to the temple that god gave moses on the mountain amen and and i'm going to put that in my podcast and i thought that would be a couple of really good episodes for you and i amen because the book of revelation comes to play in all of this it's not just a forecasting or a fortune telling of the future but it gives us a ground it gives us a, a grounding of right now yeah amen amen that sounds great so share with us how someone can reach out to you and get more information on this you bet so gcc god centered concept 2038 at gmail.com i also have uh you can jump in on my journal on line on amazon and you can buy my my journal as well. But the, the email is a good way to reach out to me if you want to discuss some of this. Um, eventually, we're going to be developing blogs and things of that nature. We're, we've literally just kicked off this ministry, Thin, yeah. ministry, thin Mission, back in April. And Amen. so we're we're in the grass, grassroots phase of this, of this movement. But this is about sparking the great harvest. And, and I would just tell everybody out there that's listening, Ask the Lord in prayer what your role needs to be to spark the great harvest. I'm I'm just trying to be a spark here. That's Amen. it. Amen. I'm trying to light a fire. Yep. So and, uh raging fire starts with that one little spark. Exactly. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praise God. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to to this discussion next time on the declarations of Jesus because that is so needful. Praise God! And I'll put the links to all this down in the show notes below. And before we close, share again about your podcast, God Centered Concept. You bet. God Centered Concept is really about is about the seven step process to help us connect deeper with God. It's really discipleship, and it's real discipleship, and it's also eventually going to teach trying to teach people how to share their faith. And how to take that same message to other people 
And it's all about sparking the great harvest. It really is. It's, it is geared to doing that. Amen. Amen. And it, and I will say this when the Western church, this Westernized church with all the resources that we have at our fingertips right now, if we will spark and rise up, the great harvest won't take very long. Amen. We have the resources to reach everybody. So true. Amen. Folks, there is no doubt that we're living in what we call the end times. I mean, it started. And doing this, we're doing this in order to give you a more thorough understanding of how all of this fits into what we're witnessing in society right now, all around us. We should not be in a state of, of withdrawal and fear and trepidation. We need no. to be excited. We need to be reaching out and thanking God for the day and time in which we live. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said the prophets of old desired to see these days, but couldn't. You know, he, he's telling us we are the chosen generation, that we need to be sure that we're doing what is required in order to reach as many people as possible. Drop down the show notes, reach out to Scott, ask questions, be sure to order a copy of his book, God Center Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways. And, and I want to leave you again with this thought. As you witness all these things happening around us, don't be filled with fear, be filled with faith. Look up. Your redemption is about to draw near, praise God. Scott, thank us again for coming on the program today, man. I do appreciate it. I am looking forward to this next one. Praise God. The declarations of Jesus. That's stuff that you can you, you put your stake in the ground right there. Praise God. Amen. I appreciate your time today. And thank you, Bob. It's been great being on the show again, and I look forward to some more great discussions that we'll have in the future. Amen. Well, until next time, for Scott Wright and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.